we doing? Oh boy. Happy New Year. Thank you. Boy, we have, uh, what a crowd we have today. It's beautiful. <laughs> That's right. That's okay. Um, it's all good because uh, God knows what he's doing. And you know, um, boy, everybody's been sick, been hearing about it, right? And so I know a lot of people are staying home and we completely understand. So we appreciate that. But I just say welcome to everybody that's here, the people that are out in the lobby making their way in and to all of our friends and family at home that are watching online. We're grateful that you could join us even in that way. You know, we love the fact that we can um, offer our live stream, you know, our service for a live stream so people can get the word of God and they can worship together with some familiar faces. But uh, we love that tool, right? But that, it, it, it is just that. It's a tool for, you know, for us when we need it, when we're away, when we're sick. But nothing replaces being able to be together in person to worship God. I think it's what we're called to do. It's what we see in the scriptures and um, it's important, right? And we can see each other face to face and encourage each other. Um, but it's good. And so um, if we're not able to do that from time to time, then praise God for that technology, right? That we can do that. And so I say welcome to everybody. And so we're glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here to be able to worship the Lord together. Because you know, church, that is why we've been created and that is to worship God And the Lord Jesus says that um, God calls those that want to worship him in spirit and in truth. And we're going to do both of those things this morning. And so truly my prayer every Sunday before you guys get here, me and the, and the leadership team, we, we gather to pray twice once we first get here to kind of get our bearings straight. And um, we get our coffee and we pray and we talk through things. And then we pray right before we begin service. And our prayer always includes... A prayer that our hearts and minds would be ready, that we would be prepared to meet with God because we've all had different kinds of weeks, right? And different things going on. And this is a special, unique kind of week. The last week of the year, a lot of people were on vacation and doing their thing and, and kind of, you know, out of the normal routine of things. And that can be good, but uh, it might throw us off a bit, you know, but we come to a Sunday morning and we need to get our bearings straight and get our hearts and minds set right before God and to, to change our perspective, you know, and the Lord Jesus uh, often used the phrase, uh, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And those who have eyes to see, let them see. And so my prayer is that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see this morning how the Lord God himself is calling us um, to be worshipers of him in spirit and in truth. So what I want to do now is just read from the word and then pray us into worship. We'll have a time of worship through song. And then, of course, we'll, um, we'll open the word of God together and we will end our gathering today uh, by taking the, the bread and the cup in remembrance of the Lord Jesus on this communion Sunday. So I would ask that you would stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. And this is Psalm 93 in its entirety. The word of the Lord. The Lord reigns and he is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, enveloped in strength. The world is firmly established and it cannot be shaken. 
Your throne has been established from the beginning. You are from eternity. The floods have lifted up, Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their pounding waves. Greater than the roar of a huge torrent, the mighty breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is majestic. Lord, your testimonies are completely reliable. Holiness adorns your house for all the days to come. Amen. Let us pray. Father, as we enter into a time of worship, know, Lord God, that our hearts may be, may be scattered, our minds may be elsewhere, but Father, we do desire to meet with you now, the true and living God. God, we, we picture ourselves coming before your mighty throne of grace and just offering ourselves up to you, bowing our heads in reverence to the King, to the one true God of the universe, our maker, and the one who loves our soul. Father, we come before you now and do just that, offer ourselves up to you in worship. So may this time be a sweet sound to your ear. May it be a blessing to us, but Lord, we have come not to receive, but to give. And so we give this time to you now. May you be glorified and let the heavens rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, let's worship together.
Father, you are good. You are worthy to be praised. May we continue to just give ourselves to you in our time together this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'd pray that uh, you would continue to be able to worship the Lord together. Well, this is the time where we invite our young ones down the hall with their teachers to have their own time in worship, honoring God and learning from his word, which is what we're going to do here together this morning as well. And, um, you know, in uh, just a couple of weeks, we're going to get back to our study in Colossians. And so uh, we'll have a special, a different message for today and next week. And then we'll go back uh, to that. Um, Frank, if you could turn some lights on for me here, I'd appreciate it. Um, not so that people can see me. I'm not concerned about that. It's so I can see the words on the pages, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, contrary to popular uh, thought, I, I don't memorize my, uh, my message. But, um, you know, uh, it is good to be here in this place and um, to just see familiar faces as we begin a new year together. Um, boy, it's really important. It's something that I've said, I feel like I've said quite a bit over this, this last year, but boy, we really need each other. And church, you know, as you read your Bibles, you're going to come across those verses that tell us that we are designed to be together. That we are called to be unified in Christ, the body of Christ. And of course, we know what happens when a body falls apart, right? So many of us are sick and, and we know what it feels like. And yet it's a great reminder that since Scripture calls us the body, that, uh, that we are to function that way. And so we are to be together and healthy using our spiritual gifts and uh, blessing one another and learning and growing and serving together, right? As we love to say, but we need each other. We need to be in community. And that might have to look different from time to time, but it's just an encouragement and a reminder that, that we are not alone, praise the Lord, we have God and we have each other. And uh, that's what we call our vertical and our horizontal relationships. And they're so important. And I do believe that scripture is, is clear that we are created to be in fellowship with God and with each other. And so remember that. Make that um, an intentional part of your walk with the Lord this year that you would um, intentionally continue to gather together, whether it's on Sunday mornings or it's our Tuesday morning Bible studies that are starting up again this week or our Tuesday evening small group, which will begin soon as well. And um, all those things that we have available, the different ministries and opportunities to learn and to grow and to serve together. Uh, it's a really an important part, not only of our church life, here at, at Trinity, but it's an important part of our lives individually because we need it and because we need each other. Can we get an amen to that? We do need each other. So thank you uh, for being here and um, recognizing that. And for those, again, of our friends at home, we love you. We miss you. We look forward to seeing you and, and know that you are not alone as well. Uh, just a few other 
highlights of what we call church life, getting caught up on where we are and where we're headed as a church. I mentioned our Tuesday morning men's and women's Bible study starting up this week and our Tuesday night community groups coming back soon. And, um, you know, uh, in two weeks on the 16th, we'll be actually setting up after service. We'll be looking for volunteers to stay and help us put together um, blessing bags for our trip the following week. So on the 16th, which is in two weeks, uh, we'll be uh, staying after service to put together blessing bags so that we can then also put together a lot of different things that we're bringing the following week on January 23rd for our long-anticipated missions trip down to Delaware. So please make sure you sign up for that. Continue to give. We have a few more weeks the giving towards that, that's what the big box out in the lobby is for. You can give financially as well as the church is doing a matching gift up to $2,500. And um, <clears throat> it's important that we continue to support our missions, right? Because we are a church on mission and we are a church that is bringing the gospel to our community and the people in need. And so the 16th we'll be preparing for that and then on the 23rd we'll be going. So keep those dates in mind. Um, also, uh, remember that um, uh, we have our kids' church, and our kids just left to go down the hall, so we're always looking for people to help out with that, and if, um, um, if you feel so inclined, just uh, let us know, um, because, you know, we're supposed to be using our talents and gifts to bless the church, and that certainly includes our children, and so we're thankful for what, uh, for what they'll be doing and, and uh, learning this year, and so uh, they're starting a new uh, curriculum uh, today, like a, a new chapter in their curriculum, and so they were excited about that. I was talking to a few of them earlier before service. Um, and uh, we have communion today, as I mentioned earlier, so we will end our time in the Word of God, uh, gathered around the Lord's table, as we say, and remembering the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, and that, that also is an important part of the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ, because Jesus commands us to do that and to do it in remembrance of him. And so we will do that before we leave today to close out our, um, our gathering together. And just one more thing, and then uh, we'll open the word of the Lord. Um, on January 16th, that's in two weeks, so not next week, uh, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after. On January 16th will be a special service. And so I, I encourage all of you to be there and, and you'll, uh, you'll hear more about it in the next two weeks. You'll get emails and text updates about it. It'll be on the website as well. But on the 16th, not only will we be gathering after service to put bags together for our missions trip, um, but I'll be announcing um, sort of a, a teaser, uh, announcing what um, a new initiative we have. Uh, coming up for this year will look like because we have a new initiative that will begin in March of this year so that'll come up quickly but it's an exciting new initiative that I think will become uh, part of the DNA and the culture of this church. It's really going to help not only um, continue to help us build a firm foundation, but help to, uh, to move us forward in our learning and our growing and so uh, in our serving together. And so on January 16th, I'll spend a few minutes just kind of letting you know 
uh, giving you some highlights and a sneak peek uh, of a brand new initiative that we'll be working on and doing together and launching in the spring, in early spring and early March of this year. And it has everything to do with us being disciples of Jesus Christ. And so um, it's more important now, uh, more now so than ever before, that we do these kinds of things together and pursue being disciples together. And so I'm excited about what we'll be able to launch in the spring. And so in two weeks, I just want to give you guys a, a sneak peek of what that's going to look like. And that Sunday will also include uh, a message on the theme for this year. You know, we always like to have a theme for the years. And, and uh, two years ago, I remember we had a clear vision. We looked at that. And um, last year, of course, it was that he would increase and that we would decrease. And so on the 16th, we'll be announcing the, not only the new initiative coming for the spring, which will be part of the bedrock of our church here at Trinity, but also uh, our theme and our focus for the year 2022. And, um, you know, uh, for many of us, and maybe this happens every year, but for many of us, we look back at the previous year and we say, boy, I can't wait to get started on a new year. Why? Because a new year often brings uh, a renewed sense of hope and anticipation uh, and just say, okay, we're kind of turning the page, right? Yeah, we used to turn the page of our calendars. We don't, many of us still do that. Um, but we turn the page into a brand new year. And uh, today is January 2nd. And so we are in a brand new year, 2022, if you can believe it. And, um, and so I wanted to begin our year together. Um, I called this sermon the first Sunday. It's the first Sunday of uh, of the month, the first Sunday of the brand new year. And I want to go back and just look at what it means for us okay, to turn the page and to realize that God has set aside time for us for reflection. Because this is, um, this really is a time in our lives when we turn the page from one year, one calendar year to the next. And we do a lot of reflecting, don't we? We might set goals and renew some dreams and talk about resolutions, things that we want to do. But, but it's also a time for reflection to kind of sit back and think about what has happened the past year. But more importantly, what's going to come up this year? What things do we anticipate? What's the world going to look like? And what's our world going to look like? And what's my life and family going to look like? And what are the things that I wanted to accomplish last year I didn't get to do this year? And so we have this renewed sense of hope and anticipation that this year can be different, maybe healthier for us. And, and uh, we make some spiritual goals as well. And I want to read through the Bible this year. And I think that's an incredible goal. And I think that's something that we should all look to do. Get, uh, dig deeper and dive deeper into God's word and spend more time with him. And that should always be a goal. But this is a good time for reflection. And part of that for me is looking at what it means to rest. Because when we reflect, we can also look at it as a time of, of resting. And you know, this past week, it's like for many of us, was a, a, a time uh, just kind of where you're able to push pause on regular life. And it's that, that week that we all know and love between Christmas and New Year's. And many of us are on vacation or 
we kind of take a break from the regular routine and it feels very different. Maybe we have some family coming and going and we don't have our normal responsibilities. Some things that we normally do aren't available. They're shut down, whatever it is. And it has a different feel. And it could be a good way to, to bring a year to a close and get ready for a new year. So I was really looking forward to some time off this past week and I had set aside some time. I even planned to have a do nothing day. How many, how many of you do that? Did you ever do that? I mean, boy, we have aspirations, right? I was like thinking, man, I just want to have a day where I absolutely do nothing. But even that takes planning, doesn't it? You got to plan to do nothing. And but then when you try to do nothing, there's always something, right? There's always something. But the something for me and for my family this week was illness. We were sick. Like many of us, right? Had been recently and maybe even you were sick this past week too. And, and boy, that was a real bummer. You know, it kind of just made Christmas and, the, and then especially New Year's celebration just feel different. And, all, and as I mentioned last week, a lot of our... Our plans just got canceled because a lot of people are sick. We know that and it happens this time of year. Of course, it's a, a lot, uh, it's a different now and it seems more prevalent, but, but a lot more people are staying home. We're changing plans and so we got sick and most of us in our house were sick and so myself included. And so those things that I wanted to do, I didn't get to do. And I started thinking about this idea of rest because yes, I was resting but I wasn't resting the way I wanted to be resting. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, you can say you're resting because you're actually sitting and doing nothing, but you feel miserable and you're not enjoying your rest. So I started thinking, what does this mean to rest? And what does that look like? And I think it's different for all of us. We all rest differently. It's like when we go on vacation, we have different ideas of what we like to do on vacation. Now, I tend to be the kind of guy, I'd love to go on vacation and sit at the beach and I could stare at the ocean for eight hours. I could sit there and do nothing. Now, Claudia, we love to go to the beach together, my wife Claudia, but she likes to be active and do stuff and read and look for shells and I love that, but that's not the way that I decompress and relax and we all do things differently. So I was thinking, you know, this week, I didn't really get to rest the way I wanted to. I was resting my body and I was resting to get healthy. But it wasn't the kind of intentional focused rest I was hoping for. But you know, I'm hoping that this year brings some more focused and intentional rest. And I pray that the same is for you. Because we all need it and, and we need to take regular times of rest, but but especially in our day and age, we need to be really intentional about it. And think about how do you spend your time of rest? And are you really resting? And maybe watching TV is resting. Is your mind resting? Maybe it's surfing the internet. Are you resting? Maybe you like to be active and that's good. Are you resting? And so there's different ways we rest our bodies physically. We rest our minds. We might even rest our hearts from having been broken and discouraged in the past year. So, you know, the Lord God gives us a pattern and an example for rest. We often call it the Sabbath. 
Because when you look back at the beginning of the Bible, we see God created the heavens and the earth. And we teach here that God, yes, did create the heavens and the earth. And, and he did it in regular 24-hour days. And what did he do on the seventh day? He rested. So on the seventh day, God was binge-watching Netflix shows is what he was doing. No, I'm just joking. God rested. But here's the thing, church. Just if nothing else, and in a moment I'm going to share a verse of Scripture for this morning. Why did God rest on the seventh day? And what does it mean for us? See, God created, and in those six days he created, and he was active, and he is our great creator, right? And he is so creative, and we see all that God created, including humanity. And God created. But on the seventh day, he rested. And what did he say? He said it was good. Now, did God need to physically rest? Did he have just a hard week at work? Was it a long Just kind of recline back and say, man, what a busy week I had. Never had a week like that before. Well, no, of course. He didn't need to physically rest. Now, we often think of, boy, I need a day of rest. I need a do-nothing day to sit and do nothing. And that very well might be true. We need the physical rest. We do. To stay healthy. We need that. But why did God rest and what did he do? Because church, on that seventh day, he was giving us an example. Giving us an example to what it means to rest. See, on that seventh day, God looked back and saw all that he did and he said it was good. It was a time of reflection that brought himself glory. <clears throat> we are to spend regular times of rest giving God glory as we look back and reflect on what he has done. Amen? And what he has done in our lives, in the lives of those whom we love and in our world. So a day of rest should include a time of reflection. See, we get together here at church on the, uh, on the first day of the week, on Sunday. We get together in the morning, we do it like um, the early church did because they got together not on Saturday as the Jewish Sabbath, but on Sunday because it was the day the Lord Jesus rose from the grave. It was that third day. So they got together in celebration, but you know the New Testament doesn't command us to get together on Sundays, but it commands us to get together, see? And so we are to gather together to remember the Lord Jesus, and we're going to do that in a few minutes as well, remembering his sacrifice and death. But we gather on the first day of the week to remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ in celebration and honor of that. Why? Because it means life. It means that we serve a living God. And it also means that because he is alive, we have the hope of new life on this side of heaven and for all eternity. Because in Christ is new life. Amen. And so we gather to remember the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. But see, when we gather, it is also a time for reflection and rest. We think about 
the week that we had. You kind of wander in, and some of us on some Sundays, we kind of, we kind of, you know, we wander in. Some of us kind of rush in, and we run in because we're running late, and we get here. But we have committed to be here together on a Sunday to be refreshed and renewed and reflect not only on what has happened, but to look forward to a new week. To be re-energized and renewed so we can go back to our routine, back into the world as we say, and be ready. Why? Because we learn and grow and serve and we encourage each other so we can be reminded of who we are in Christ and all the wonderful gifts and blessings we have. See, it's about perspective, church. It's about resetting our minds. It's about pushing that power button and rebooting. Right? So we can be reset for a brand new week. So God gives us example on the seventh day. He rested and he saw that it was good and he was glorified. When we get together, we rest. Whatever day that might be. When you set aside time to rest, take time, be intentional about resting in him. Not just a physical rest where you you turn yourself off. Sometimes we need that, of course. But what I'm saying is God gave us this beautiful example of what resting in him looks like. And what does it mean? It means simply reflecting and saying, thank you, God. Look at all you did, God, and it certainly is good. We can spend a whole day resting in that, can't we? There's this wonderful verse. Let's see if it's on. From 1 Peter, and it's in 1 Peter, I believe it's in chapter 5, because it's up on the screen. So it is 1 Peter chapter 5. In verse 10, here's what it says. I love this verse, because there's four four from 1 Peter 5, 10, that I just want to look at briefly today before we, we take communion together. Because, see, the Apostle Peter knows the need rest. The Apostle Peter knew what it was like to need encouragement. The Apostle Peter, of all the apostles, knew what it was like to suffer and face persecution and physical and mental and emotional stress and so he writes this beautiful letter in 1 Peter. He writes this letter, church, to Christians who are dispersed all that are suffering persecution for their faith in Christ. And listen to the word that he chooses to say to them, to encourage them in a time where they needed to just press pause and be reminded of who they are and that they can rest in God and reflect on all he has done and will do for them because it is all good. On the seventh day, God rested. He said it was good. Look at what Peter says. He says, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself Restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Let's look at those four words 
restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish. Because Peter is telling us, and, and he wrote this to a church that was, that was facing much difficulty and, and in much distress all throughout the area. And he wrote this letter to encourage them to say, don't give up. After a little while of suffering, the God who doesn't forget you will give you rest by doing these things. So, what does he say? See, Peter knew how to deal. He knew how to deal with things. But he did it by relying on God. He found his confidence and his rest in the Lord. So I'm praying that this year we can find our rest in him. That as we walk in the grace of the Lord in 2022, that we would find our rest in him. That we would understand his grace more and rest in his grace. That we would walk more steadily and rest in that. And that we would walk farther by his grace all the while resting in him. The first word let's look at is restore. What does it mean to be restored? Did you ever take something old that you have and try to restore it? We know what that looks like, right? We watch HGTV, don't you? You know what it looks like to restore things? And so you take something old that, that needs to be fixed up. Maybe that's worn down. Doesn't look like it used to. And it needs to be restored. So the apostle says, this is what God is going to do. After a little while of suffering, the God of all grace. See, grace means it's by him. It's unmerited favor. It's not because we deserve any of this. God, by his wonderful grace, the God of all grace, will himself restore. Let's not miss that, church. This is not us restoring ourselves. Are you with me? This is God himself restoring. There's a world of difference. He will restore us. It means to, to mend, to complete, to... It's almost like this idea of being perfected by fire and repairing what's broken. It's trying to make something new, right? Restoring it. Ezekiel 36, 26 says... God says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, he says to the people of Israel. That's what God does. God restores what is broken. He restores what is worn out. You feel worn out? You feel like, God, I need some restoration. Include that in your prayer this year. God, 1 Peter 5.10 tells me that you will restore me. Lord, restore me. Psalm 51.12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Maybe you're sensing that you're missing some of that joy, that you know in the Lord Jesus Christ, but you're just not sensing that joy. Remember, joy isn't something we necessarily feel. Joy is not happiness. Joy is not based on our circumstances. Joy is based on our understanding of the truth of who God is and who we are in him. And we can have joy in any circumstance 
but we can pray, God, restore that joy to me, which means, God, please remind me, bring me back to those scriptures that I know so well. Show me in your word again and again how good you are because I forget. He knows we forget. It says that God will restore. The God of all grace himself will restore. Restore that divine fellowship with him. Our fellowship with God can fade in time. We need that fellowship to be restored. God will work on you this year if you let him. He's not done working on you yet. He wants to restore you and see you lifted up and encouraged. Elsewhere in God's word, it says that he lifts us up with his righteous right hand. Isn't that beautiful? What a great picture. Because God is a God who restores. So Peter says, look, after a little while of suffering... The God of all grace himself will restore you. Philippians 1, 6, Paul says it this way. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Christ is never done with you, church. He will come back for you. Until that time, he's working on you. He desires to spend time with you. He desires to restore the joy, to restore the life that you have in him, to restore the fellowship that has been broken because of sin, to restore the fellowship that has been broken because of disappointment. But it says we need to suffer a little while. Maybe you look back on last year and you look and you say, you know what? It was a year of some suffering. It certainly was for myself and our family in many ways. Probably for you too. We can look back at any year of our lives and look at times of suffering. But see, God is a God of restoration. And let's remember that, church. He restores because he loves. But what else does it say he will do? Not only will he restore us, but the next word says he will confirm he himself will restore and he will confirm. He will confirm us. What does it mean to confirm? If he's going to confirm us. It's kind of a weird word, right? To confirm. What, what, where do we think of that word confirm? Like a confirmation. We think of like a, a judge or a politician or somebody in authority being confirmed for their new position. On that day when God said, it is good, and all that he had created, he was confirming its goodness. See, God spoke and it was confirmed. Paul, the Apostle Peter says, God will restore you and he himself will confirm you. It's a beautiful word. We don't use it in this context a lot. But Peter is saying that God will confirm you. He will, through his word and through his Holy Spirit, will confirm you, will set you right. Not only will he restore you, but he will confirm you. When he said it was good and he looked at it, 
He was confirming that what he had done was good and right. See, that day of rest that God gives us an example for, it's so important. Yes, the physical rest is an aspect, but God's example was a day of reflection on himself as creator, seeing that he is good. It's about changing that perspective, and through that, God will confirm you. He restores and he confirms. It, it's, it's like this, church. It means that he's making you ready to go. He's preparing you. He's setting your feet upon a rock and making your footsteps firm. That is what confirmation means. He is confirming you and preparing you for what's next. Right? So he restores you. This picture of him lifting you up gently and brushing off the dust from your, your, your battle-worn body and your, your, your um, broken heart. And he's restoring, but then he gently confirms. He confirms who you are. Confirms that you are his child. He confirms his love for you. He confirms the truth of his relationship with us so that we can be ready for what's next. It's a big part of this day of rest that we set aside when we get together on Sundays so that we can be reminded of who we are. Be reminded of all the blessings that we have in him and with each other. We're restored and we are confirmed. We need confirmation, don't we? We need confirmation that we're on the right track. We need confirmation that God, yes, I am your child. And we need confirmation that we are good in his eyes because of Christ. See, we need that confirmation to be ready. The Apostle Peter says, <clears throat> after you have suffered, suffered for a little while, the God of all grace himself will restore and confirm. But what else will he do? Two more. He will strengthen you. So not only does God restore and confirm to get you ready, but he will then strengthen. He will strengthen you. And what does that mean to strengthen? I think we understand what that looks like. I mean, many of us make a New Year's resolution to exercise more, right? I don't think I'll ask people to raise their hands who have made that, but I think that's probably the most popular New Year's resolution. But it's a good one because we should always want to be healthy and move our body around and exercise. At this point, we understand the value of that and what it looks like. But of course... We are strengthened physically. We are renewed in our strength by God when we physically rest. But more importantly, spiritually, we are strengthened. We get together on a Sunday to, to, uh, to experience the restoration, the confirmation from God and from others, and the strengthening of our faith. It's a spiritual exercise. It's a spiritual discipline. It's the working out of our faith. It is that growth part in our learn, grow, and serve. It's that exercise. It's the strengthening. It's not, it's not just being a hearer of the word, 
but a doer of the word. It is being that disciple. When Jesus says, come and follow me, he's saying, take action. Following means walking, putting one foot in front of the other. It's moving forward. It's being active. And spiritually, we know that God will strengthen us. Because that's the kind of God he is. He wants us to be restored and confirmed and strengthened so we're ready for what's next, for what he has next for us. This is a great time as we turn the page into our brand new year to ask God, God, what's next? What's next in my life, Lord God? God, I will continue to share the gospel. I will continue to study your word and to pray. God, what else? What is next as I continue to grow in you and my relationship with you? What do you have next for me, God? Because I am ready. You have restored me and you are confirming me. God, strengthen me. Because we can't do it on our own. See, we're so ourselves up by our bootstraps and doing it on our own saying I don't need anybody else but Paul, uh, Peter is saying after a little while of suffering the God of all grace who does it even if you don't deserve it and, and in spite of the fact that you certainly don't deserve it the God of all grace himself will strengthen you our strength comes from him the joy of the Lord and so our strength is found in him. We are to be strengthened in him. Continually look to get spiritually healthy. What is that going to look like for you this year? It's about God using us as he's restoring and confirming and then strengthening. He's getting us ready. See, now this isn't just a once a year thing that we do when we enter into a new calendar year. No, of course not. It's a good time to set aside to do it because we're reminded in a special way. But this is an everyday thing, church, for the everyday Christian following God every day. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. Have you felt faint this year? And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. Did you ever hear that scripture from Isaiah 40? Did you notice what it says? But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. It doesn't say those who try hardest in 2022 will have their strength renewed. He says, those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. Waiting takes patience and faith and trust and courage and endurance. The things that we pray for, God, restore me, confirm me, strengthen me, Lord God. Part of that strength is waiting on him. We pray, we read, 
We take our goals and our dreams, our aspirations, and we set them before God. We say, God, show me the way. How often have you said, God, here's my plan. I'd like your blessing. <laughs> but even if you don't bless it, here's my plan, right? We act that way, don't we? God, here's my plan. I hope you bless it because this is what I'm doing, right? Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Do you want to be mounted up with wings like eagles? Do you want to run and not grow weary and walk and not faint? Then find your strength in the Lord. And then finally, the last one. He will establish. He restores, confirms, strengthens, and establishes us. It's like Peter put these in this order for this reason. He restores, he confirms who we are. He sets us, he set our feet ready, ready to run the race. Gives us the strength and energy to run the race. And then he establishes us. It's like, okay, now you're ready. And he sets the course before us and the gun starts and we go. We are established. It is our, our, our goals being set uh, before us. It's the striving. It's the taking bigger steps. Psalm 37, 23. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Again, it's not us trying harder. It's waiting on the Lord and delighting. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Because it goes against what we normally would think, doesn't it? How do we find strength? Waiting on the Lord. Well, what is our strength? The joy of the Lord. Well, well what about our, our footsteps? How are we firm? Like, how are we going forward? By delighting in Him. See, that's how we grow. That's how we're restored and confirmed. And that's how we're strengthened and established. Waiting in Him. Resting in the Lord. Spending time with Him. You know, it's often said that the way to victory is by surrender. Boy, it seems so counterintuitive, doesn't it? But that's God. The way, that, the way to victory in Christ is by surrendering yourself to him. See, in war and battle, victory is by overpowering the enemy. In Christ, victory is by waving the white flag to God and say, God, I surrender. May it be your strength. You're the God of all grace. You yourself, will you restore and confirm and strengthen and establish. He establishes us, which means we can rely on him. It's us hitting our stride, running the race of life. It's not just surviving, it's thriving. Maybe that's a good mantra for you this year. I want to thrive and not just survive. What a world of difference there is. It's about continually seeking deep, sinking deep the roots of your relationship with God so that you can grow bigger and stronger. And, and the branches uh, that, that exhibit your spiritual fruit can grow taller and wider and have a greater influence. Psalm 40. I love it. You know, it's one of my favorite psalms. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry, lifted me up out of the pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he made my footsteps firm, and he put a new song in my mouth. 
You see the restoration, the confirmation, the strengthening. That's like from Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. I, it, it, he doesn't, the psalmist doesn't say, boy, I tried and tried and I dug and dug and I dug and I finally got myself out of that miry pit of clay. I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined to me. He drew closer. He heard me, drew me closer. He heard my cry. He lifted me up. It's the restoration. He set my feet upon a rock. He confirmed me. And he put a new song in my mouth. He established me. He gave me that new song. He reminded me and he said, this is the path I have for you to walk in my ways, to follow my son, your savior, Jesus. But it says at the beginning of our verse for today, after you have suffered for a little while, we know that's part of life. There's physical suffering. There's emotional and mental suffering. There's spiritual suffering. What's this year going to look like for you? I encourage you, church, to make sure that you spend time intentionally resting in God. Taking that time to enjoy Sabbath. Sabbath rest. When you rest in him, Rest in the knowledge of knowing that he is a good God, that he is called the God of all grace, that he is the God who will restore and confirm and strengthen and establish you. We're going to close our time by taking the bread and the cup of what we call the communion table. And we do that because it's a reminder, because we forget. So if you don't have the cup with you, there's some on the table back there. There's some out in the lobby. I'm actually going to ask if someone could bring one up here for me as well. I'd appreciate that. The Word of God tells us that on the night before he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus gathered, thank you, the Lord Jesus gathered with his closest friends and disciples, some of whom were family and he got together with them for the last time to celebrate the Passover. As we know, the Passover is a celebration feast that happens every year, and our Jewish friends continue to celebrate that. But we know that we can find Christ all throughout the Passover. And of course, on the very last night of his life, what we call the Last Supper in that upper room. He was celebrating this feast as he had done before. But he gathered with his friends those that he loved the most and he spent time with them. He enjoyed the meal together. They remembered the goodness of God and how God had rescued the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt through God's servant Moses and the parting of the Red Sea. They recount the story and they remember how God not only did that, but then brought them to the point when Moses was used to come before Pharaoh and to remember that God used a servant like Moses to set his people free. And that death... God had proclaimed would come that night 
But we know that God had given instructions and said that the lamb, an unblemished lamb without spot, was to be sacrificed and its blood was to be put over the doorpost so that death would pass over. The blood of the lamb. That evening as Jesus gathered with his disciples, he would have looked at the sacrificial lamb on the table and only he truly knew that he would be that final sacrificial lamb, that his blood would need to be shed and his body given for those that he loved and for you and for me. It says that Jesus did something that he now tells us we are to do as often as we get together as a church in remembrance of that sacrifice, in remembrance of the fact that he is that sacrificial lamb. And so he took bread and he broke it, he passed it around, and they ate it together, and he said, do it in remembrance of me. And then after supper, he took the cup, and he passed it around, and they drank it together, and he said to do that in remembrance of him. And that's what we're going to do now. Because Jesus tells us to do it, and we are to do it in remembrance of him. Why? Because we are forgetful. We forget what it cost our Lord for us to have new life. For, he, for himself to give his life so that we may have new life. So what I'd like us to do is take a moment as you hear the music play, reflect on what it means that Jesus gave himself up for you. And what will it look like this year to rest in that truth that you are secure in your new life in him because he gave himself up for you. Take a few moments to reflect on that, and then we'll take and eat together. Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said these words, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Let's take and eat together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We look forward to that day that he comes back. But until then, we do this in remembrance of him. Let's drink together, church. Would you stand? Sing with me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full, wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Father God, give us that strength. Restore us, confirm us, and establish us that we may keep our eyes trained and focused on you. As we turn our eyes upon you and look at you in all of your beauty and know that it is good, would you be glorified by it? And that all the things that this earth has to offer would grow so dim that we would pay no attention but to keep our eyes on you. Lord Jesus, bless us as we embark on a new journey this year together. May it be one that's full of celebration, full of joy, and full of a time of living and growing together in our relationship with you. But Father, may this year be marked by times of rest as we reflect on the goodness of our God. May you get all the glory. Take us from this place now, Father God, reminding us often that you are the God of all grace who will restore and confirm and strengthen and establish us after a little while of suffering. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you.
He's out.